0: Here we go. Perechav Zayn. Okay, so we, we, we finished discussing um, in Perechav Vav the idea that a person could come to a state of depression uh, based on one of two main uh, reasons. Number one, something is going wrong in the physical world for him. Um, and here, as we talked about so many times already in the past month, We're not talking about random, silly things. We're talking about real issues that happen to human beings. Um, And that is presumably a good reason to get really upset and really depressed. And the Al Rebbe tried to show us, or he showed us, we have to try to accomplish what he he showed us, is he showed us how to reframe our whole uh, way of looking at things. (laughs) Then the second part of Chavav was, well, what if... The depression comes from the fact that I've done a lot of really bad things in my life. I, I made a lot of mistakes that I shouldn't have done. And I caused a lot of damage to my relationship with Hashem. And therefore, that's uh, that's a very depressing idea and a very depressing thought. So the Alter Rebbe over there, unlike the first section of of. Uh, over there, he basically says that, you know, there's good reason to be upset about that. Because, you know, you messed up the relationship, and you, if you mess up the relationship with someone, then it's it's a problem. Point blank, right? However, we have to recognize the <clears throat> strategy of the Sahara. The strategy of the Sahara is that I'm going to decide when you are going to be depressed, right? And since Yetzirah's goal is to get me depressed more than anything else, so I have to recognize that um, I have to recognize that strategy, and I have to be able to fight that strategy. Okay, Zion begins in a different idea, and he says along the lines of along the lines of the spiritual problem that a person feels by uh, the fact that he may have done major sins. What about if the depression comes from the fact that he looks at himself and he sees that really, you know, I'm not, I'm not really advancing in my avoda. In other words, I, I've been working at this for, you know, for three years, 10 years, 15 years, 100 years, whatever, and I see that I'm really holding very much in a similar place that I was holding when I started this whole thing. So I recognize in myself that I really haven't grown. So, When a person starts to think like that, and the reason why he thinks like that is because all of a sudden he starts to have these, for example, these machshavah these bad thoughts that pop into his head. And he looks at himself and he says, you know, what in the world? Here I am, I became a from Jew, I'm trying to change myself, I'm trying to, you know, become an improved person. And I recognize that I'm not getting anywhere. So unlike, which is very fascinating, we're going to see it in the words in a minute, unlike the end of Perekha which the Alter Rebbe says, there's good reason to feel bad. It's just that you have to be the one setting the agenda when you feel bad. Over here he says, no, this is not an opportunity to feel bad, this is an opportunity to feel happy. So we have to understand how that works. Okay, so let's start. Zayin. Starts like this. So let's say the depression, the sadness that a person feels, is not coming from the fact that he is worried over the sins that he did. Ella, rather, but instead he looks at himself. And he sees that he has a lot of bad thoughts that are coming into his mind. And he has a lot of taivas zaraos, meaning that he's still desiring things which are not allowed, which are, so to speak, evil. Right? And he's thinking to himself, what in the world is going on here? Now, let's go a little bit more background. <laughs> We have to go back to Prakim Yud through Yud Dalet to understand this background. So let's just understand. I'm going to give you a kitzer. Remember, there are three basic types of situations that we talk about in Yud through Yud Dalet. Situation number one is a person that never has negative thoughts pop up into his mind. Never. And not only does he never have thoughts popping up into his mind, but he never has taivas ra'os. He doesn't have any taivas for anything of Aylam Hazem. It's just not on his radar screen. right? All the taivas that a person you would imagine should have, this person does not have. That person is called a tzaddik. That person is called a tzaddik. Okay? Person number two. Person number two is... A person that has these taivas and he has these thoughts popping up into his head. But along with those thoughts that are popping up into his head, he is able to be on the lookout constantly for them and he's able to control them. As soon as he has, if you remember from our Countries of Oda class, remember we talked about step one and step two, right? Step one, to recall is the idea that a machshava zara pops up into his head. A thought pops up into his head about something that he should not be doing. And he for sure should not be thinking about. This machshava pops up into his head. He is not at fault for this. This is not considered a neveira. The question is step two. What does he do with this thought? He has two options. Option number one, is that he pushes it away with two hands, as we're going to discuss. Immediately, as soon as it comes up into his mind, he realizes this is dangerous, get out of my life. Pushes it away, right away. So he never allows the makshava of step one to get to a point of step two. So he's walking down the street, and all of a sudden he starts to think about this particular scene in a movie that he once saw five years ago, ten years ago. 30 days ago, whatever it was. Hopefully not last night, right? Okay, and that thought that pops up into his head, that is not something that he is responsible for, according to what we're talking about here. The point is, is that once he realizes that thought in his head, at that moment, what does he do with it? At that moment, he has to push it away completely. By putting, obviously, you can't push away a thought Right? But what you can do is you push it away by putting your mind on something else. Which, once again, brings us back to the idea of having, right, ideas of Torah in a person's head, engraved in his head with uh, either Torah, Tanya Balpeh, Mishnaiyas Balpeh, Concepts Balpeh, different things like that, that he is able to put his thought on. At least he should not, right, put his thought on this, whatever this thought was. That is known as. That is known as a Benini. That person is known as a Benini. And then, of course, we have our third category, which is the Rasha, which is the person that either he gets a step one and then he starts to think, you know what, that was an amazing scene. Let me think, where where did I see that actress? In, oh, I saw her in this movie and this is how she was over here and that movie and on and on and on and on, on. Or he chooses to think about and he... in he is the one that starts the step one, which is even worse, as we talked about in Countries of Oida, right? So this person took step one and ran with the ball. Step two, right? That is the Rasha. Okay, so those are the three types of people that we talked about in chapters 10 through 14. Now, going back to what we're saying here, is that a person starts to realize, look, I've been in yeshiva for two years, Right, I'm a b'altuve for three years. I've been studying Torah. How could it be that when I'm walking down the street, I have this thought of this uh, this movie coming up into my head? I'm a lowlife. You know, I've everything that I've been doing for the past two years has accounted to nothing. I'm not getting anywhere. And he starts to get frustrated with himself. He becomes he becomes depressed. He becomes angry. He becomes etc. All these things. So he says, Now, if this thought falls into his mind, not at the time of Avodah Hashem, namely not during davening or during learning, which we're going to deal with in chapter 28. So just put that concept on hold for the time being. Ella, rather, But instead, when did it come into his mind? It came into his mind when he was in the middle of his business day. Or in the middle of when he was walking down the street. Or in the middle of whatever it was that he was doing. He just starts to think about it. That's what happens to him. Right? So now, the, the thought sh- you would imagine should make him feel bad. It should make him feel like a lowlife. Like a person that is not accomplished. Remember. Remember, go back to Chavav, Chavav for a second. Our Yetzir Hara wants more than everything else to get us in an upset mode, depressed, depressed mode. The best depressed mode is I am a nobody. I am a lowlife. I'm accomplishing nothing. I'm not, I've not changed at all. What am I even bothering doing this for? That is the goal of the Yetzir Hara. More than eating a cheeseburger. This goal, if it can accomplish this goal, it wins the lottery. Because this is a, you know, this is a doorway to everything, negative, right? So now, with this in mind, in the middle of his thinking, in the middle of his business, in the middle of this, he's thinking about, right, he's walking down the street, he's thinking about this movie. So he says, like, this, bechelko. So instead of it being a negative experience for him, he has to become besimcha with this. You say to yourself, "What in the world is the Alter Rebbe talking about here? How could that be? I'm having a machshavah zara about this crazy thing that I should not be thinking about. Here I am, I'm a siddush Shabahar right, and I'm having this machshavah zara. And you're telling me I should be happy about it? Yes, the Alter Rebbe says you have to be happy. Why? That even though it's falling into his mind." which you would think is a thermometer to his negative spiritual state, his, so to speak, low-life state. He's able to use it for his advantage. How does he use it to his advantage? He takes his mind away from it. Because what is he able to do with this? And where he's going with this is as follows. If you think about it for a second, when a person learns Torah, is he supposed to be happy, yes or no? <laughs> yes, of course. When he shakes a lulav, right? On Sukkot, he's supposed to be happy, right? Now, when he shakes a lulav, let's say when he lights a, a, a menorah, is he supposed to be happy, yes or no? Yeah. Of course, right? When he, all of these mitzvahs, whether... It's a rabbinical mitzvah, or more importantly, in a certain way, right? Obviously, when he puts on tefillin, for example, when he does a a Torah, a daraisa, a daraisa every morning, puts on tefillin, he's supposed to be ecstatic. So, where he's going with this is as follows: There is another mitzvah in the Torah. The mitzvah in the Torah says, "V'lo sasuru acharei. What's the rest of the words? We say it every. We say it every day, right? Say it. Every single day. That is a mitzvah from the Torah. So now what the Altarebbe is going to tell us here is, who do you think that mitzvah is for? I just described to you three different types of people. Do you think that the Altarebbe is having these thoughts of what's going on in this movie? (laughs) First place. Right? Obviously, a tzaddik... A tzaddik, who does not have these taivas, who does not have these types of challenges, he has other challenges. We're not talking about that. But he is not having these challenges. This mitzvah that we talk about every single day in davening during the Shema, this mitzvah was not given to them. So who was it given to? It was given to me. I'm the one that it was given to. I'm the guy that is thinking about the movie that I saw forty years ago. I'm the guy that is thinking about uh, this or that or whatever it is that I shouldn't be thinking about. I'm that guy. That's what it means to be Does the Alter the, the Rebbe, the Rebbe, all the tzaddikim, they have their avoda, and their avoda is different from my avoda. But my mitzvah, this mitzvah of lo that's my mitzvah. So which is more important, putting on tefillin or doing lo They're the same. They're both mitzvahs of the Torah. So am I supposed to be happy when I put on tefillin? Of course. So how should I feel about this? It's my opportunity to do a mitzvah. That's how I have to look at it. And that's why the al Rebbe specifically says here: he should be sameach bechelko. He should be happy with his portion because this is my opportunity to do this mitzvah. That even a Tzadik doesn't have this opportunity because he doesn't have this nefesh of Bahamis, the way I have a nefesh of Bahamis. So instead of looking at myself and saying to myself, wow, what a low life, how could I do this? I'm not getting anywhere, right? I it's so all a waste of time, whatever, all the negative things that the, that the, that the nefesh of Bahamius is, is trying to tell me, to try to get me to lose my whole encouragement and my whole, uh, um, my whole uh, momentum in serving Hashem, I have to turn it around to the positive, that here is my opportunity. Again, once again, we see now for the third time a total reframement in the perspective of how I am supposed to look at a scenario, right? We kept on saying, all along, we, if you remember in, in my introduction to Tanya class from the, uh, last week, right? Which you could see on, right, on, if you missed it, right? On, on, your, on Eliezer's playlist, right? Well, on, YouTube on, your YouTube, on my YouTube channel, right? The, that the winter program set up. What we said over there, what we said over there is, Hasidus is telling us something. Hasidus is saying, look at the world And recognize the world that we are looking at is not what it appears to be. Hasidus is saying our initial look at the world is not the emis. You have to look at it once and you have to come back and you have to look at it a second time from a different perspective. Our initial reaction to what's going on is wrong. Change the perspective. Change the perspective. So, in a certain sense, right? this is quite different than what he said at the end of chapter Havav. At the end of chapter Havav, he was saying, you are supposed to be upset about the fact that you did this Avera or that Avera, and you messed this thing up and that thing up, and that you hurt the relationship. It's just that now is not the right time to do that. I have to be the one to set the agenda. Over here, he's saying the opposite. Over here, he's saying, this is not a cause for crying. This is a cause for simcha. As long as you use it for the right. And that's how to look at it. And that's what he says. Let's see it in the words now. He says like this. Lekayim to fulfill ma'shenemar, to fulfill what, what the Pasuk says. Nechem. Don't follow after your hearts and after your eyes which is taking you to the wrong places, taking you to areas that you shouldn't be going towards. Obviously, this pasik is not talking about Zainim tzaddikim, that talk about going off in a different direction that they shouldn't be going in. Obviously, we know, we already learned in chapter 10, that that is not a shaykh, concept to a tzaddik. a tzaddik. is not going to be there. A tzaddik never goes to that place. A tzaddik has his own avoda. But that's not it. That's not his challenge. So whose challenge is it? And what he means here by bainini doesn't necessarily mean the bainini that's always winning. Bainini means, if you remember what we talked about, if you take the x-ray picture, of tzaddikim versus everyone else. Tzaddikim look different. Tzaddikim, when you look in the x-ray, you see a Nishama that is on fire, that is huge, that is overwhelming everything else. The rest of us, whether you want to call me a Banini or a Russia, have this nefesh al which is enclosed in the nefesh of that is being smothered by the nefesh of That's the way we look. So I am the one that has this taiva. I am the one that wants to remember this movie and wants to remember this scene and wants to go and look in this book and wants to go to the wrong places and has a taiva for this and a taiva for that and all these different things. Right? Unlike what the world is saying, oh, do what's natural, what you feel is natural. No. The nefesh of wants to get us in trouble by doing things that are wrong that you're not supposed to do. It's not about feeling what's natural. What's natural is not defined as what's being right. We have to be godly people. And therefore, we live by a different standard. And every single one of us, because none of us are tzaddikim, have taivas, have desires for all different things. And we have to decide, right, like my friend Gil Locke says in in Yerushalayim, right, that we have to be the ones that, when the, you know, when, when you're on the carriage or the wagon and the horse is in front and the horse is driving, you know, and he's going, who's in charge of, the, of driving the wagon? Is it the horse or is it the wagon driver? That's the point. The horse is just going to go right to the, you know, right to the pizza shop, wherever he's going. Right? The wagon driver has to say, no, this is not the right thing. So it's talking to me. This is my opportunity. So a person thinks to himself for a second, he thinks, look, probably 10,000 times a day maybe I have this opportunity of controlling myself from this taiva and this thought and, this, and I want to speak ni- nicely about someone, right? It's not just talking about, uh, you know, things of in, in, inappropriate relations and things like that. It talks about also the idea of, you know, how you relate to another person. That you have a desire to do your thing, and he has a desire to do his thing, you know. Are you going to give yourself over it? Are you going to be invatter yourself to someone else? Or are you just going to be, you know, the type of person that's always fighting with everyone? Right? Because you have to have it your way. Right? It means it in so many different areas. That's the point. So when a person realizes that, right, El of a banim Bo naifling lo now, this is one of the few places in the entire Tanya that he actually explicitly calls it out. That he thinks about, right? Hirhuri niyuf. niuv means idea of inappropriate relations. From that point of view. But machshava so, in his thoughts. bain beheter and he doesn't even finish the rest of the sentence. Khulu. Ben means that even if he has a wife and he's thinking about it in terms of his wife, which is a permissible thing. It's not the right thing to think about this stuff, right? Or, oh, obviously, but is there, Is there would be, right, something that is inappropriate, that you're not supposed to be thinking about, someone that you're not allowed to be having those type of relations with. And that applies to so many different, right, issues and uh, situations. The bottom line is, what are we saying here? We are saying here, going back all the way, all the way, what we talked about in Parag Dalet. My machshavas count. They're important. They change the world. They impact me and everything else in existence. And I am not my machshava. I have to choose where I'm going to put that garment. So, yes, the Nefesh Bahamis is going to challenge me all day long, with all different types of machshavas. And the machshavas here, we're talking about our illicit relations. Very, very clear, the altarab is saying here. But it could be also just thoughts of negativity. Oh, why should I bother? I'm feeling depressed. I'm feeling this. I'm feeling that. Or I hate this person. Right? Can't have those types of thoughts. That, the Rambam says it. This is a halacha. This is not a nice spiritual thing. This is a halacha. Negative thoughts about another person. And obviously goes to me that I want to say this negative point. I want to speak about this person, and you know it's going to cause damage. Control yourself. What we're talking about here, what we're talking about here, is lifting ourselves up to a higher level, and recognizing that instead of looking at it as a negative scenario that I have these that they have these situations happening to me, being besimcha over the opportunity. To look at it in the same way that as me having the opportunity to put on tefillin. That's the way to look at this stuff. Because when he takes his mind away from this negativity. You're able to fulfill this negative commandment. The Amru Azal and the Rabbis taught us that what Valo when a person sits and he does not he does not transgress it's a sin. mitzvah. Right. So therefore, when he's able to do this, right, which he has the opportunity to do, some of us have it ten thousand times a day, and some of us have it five times a day. But it doesn't matter. Every time that he has it. Right, that he has a desire and he knows what his desires are. He knows where he's coming from, but he stops himself. He holds himself back. So every time he does that, that is a mitzvah asay. In the same way, I mean, it's a mitzvah. In other words, he gets the scar like a mitzvah asay, i.e., putting on tfilin, shaking a lulav, uh, you know, keeping Shabbos. All these things, that's fantastic. So therefore Al kain li Lismayach, therefore he has to be filled with happiness. Bikium halav in fulfilling this particular negative commandment, Kamosh Bekium mitzvus ase mamish. Right? In the same way as he fulfilled the positive commandment. Good? Okay. So let's stop here because this is a natural stopping point. Um, but again, it's a it's an idea of reframing the scenario. And looking at looking at one's day as a you know, as a basically of opportunity. You know what a smorgasbord is? What's a smorgasbord a in English? It's an English word. Right? A buffet. A buffet filled with buffet filled with opportunities of how I can be a person. If you remember what we talked about last week in the Tanya, in the introduction to Tanya class, when we talked about chapter Vav, we talked about how The world is divided into two. It's either Kedusha or the opposite side. There's no neutrality, okay? A person has to recognize that he has the opportunity to change himself and the world throughout the day. Throughout the entire day, he has opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. So when a person looks at it like that, he just waits for the opportunity to come in his life and he takes advantage of it and that's what he's saying here so instead of looking at it from a negative point of view we have to look at it from an opportunistic point of view and that's how to view life and therefore to give him a tremendous simpah Seder? Okay we'll stop here we'll continue with the next section uh, God willing tomorrow